if General Bourgogne can convince us that we are victorious, then we have prevailed. Lieutenant Hammond is dead. An honorable death. But I live to tell the tale. They send forth men to battle, but no such men return. So says Aeschylus. You're a different man now. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Everybody, welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. Oh, my name is Blake. And it is that so hard. Song makes me oh sad my gosh! Now. Honestly, I mean, we have talked so much about the the musical choice for the intro to have Sinead O'Connor uh, perform the Skyboat song for season seven. And I've been talking about it over the past several weeks, how much it's grown on me, and I've, I've really loved it. And then, of course, we got the tragic news of her passing. And it just makes watching the intro, listening to this song, a completely different take. Yeah, totally different. I mean, I mean, whether or not you, you like it or it was to your preference, whatever. But, like, you know, it's it's just it sucks that a person that is, you know, clearly intimately involved with uh you know season seven of outlander has passed and you know it 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 just gives it a different perspective now and um man sad 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 but you know what i think we're all better for it now that we have sinead uh performing the uh the skyboat song for this season it makes me wonder if they will continue for the second half Mm -hmm. of season seven uh what that will look like and Will they try to, you know, uh, make it appear, you know, the same with some different, you know, instrumentation or will Rhea be a part of what's going on there? Like it it just it's going to be an interesting set of circumstances, I think. It will. It will. And, you know, news came out, of course, um, because this I believe that this was the last thing that she recorded. Mm hmm. Before her passing, which is makes it even more haunting. Yeah, right. And um, as we go into the ultimate episode, and as we leave here in the penultimate episode, um, you know, I think we are going to be haunted with something. So I am grateful that that we do get to have this piece of her because yeah. um, it truly is beautiful. And so it will be interesting whether, like you said, whether or not they had planned for her rendition to be the part of 7B um, or not, or if they were going to kind of remix it and add in extra vocals, it will be interesting to see what they choose to yeah, do with yeah. her there, with her bit. So it, for, we just wanted to say, if you two like have a little tear when you listen to it, or if it hits differently, we're right there with you. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention it, of course. So um, we wanted to remind you all that as we said, this is the penultimate episode, so that means the episode before the f- the finale-ish for this mid-season break. 
So the seventh season does have a total of 16 episodes. Give me it. Nice and thick and juicy. I love it. But it's been split into two different parts, Blake. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So even though, um, you know, the next episode will be kind of the mid-season finale, just know that this season is not done. So we kind of keep that in mind as we're talking about this episode being kind of the mid-season penultimate. And the next one is kind of a mid-season finale that we have to keep that in mind in regards. This isn't the normal penultimate episode. Right. It's it's kind of like a halfway point. Well, I have a I have a very serious question. Yeah. Then. I mean, this is of utmost importance. Mm-hmm. Is this worthy of the final countdown? I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. Because it's not a series finale. Well, it wouldn't be a, a series season, finale. A season finale. It's yeah. not a season finale. So you know what we could do is you could go back. I mean, you're going to be recording right now, so you can't. I was going to say you could go back and see if at the mid-season finales, had we in the past played at the penultimate episode, the final countdown, I'm here to say no. I'm here to say no Well, because... the last time that happened for Outlander when it split in two was season one. Yeah. So we we didn't have the tradition back then. We didn't, and so I say no. This is not deserving <laughs> of it. You know what? It, I'm savoring. I'm savoring things, and I don't want anything to feel like it's the end. And I'm manifesting that se- season seven B, the second half, is going to come sooner rather than later. Uh, sure, sure. I'll I'll, I'll co-sign. We on know, that. of course, that the second half is going to be coming back sometime 2024. So we're gonna see. Some 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 inklings have been saying maybe spring. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. I do not want it to have to be a year from when we got this part. I don't think so. So let's keep our fingers crossed. My guess, if if I had to put money on it, it'd be late spring. If if I had to put money on it, that's when that's when it would be. I'd be down with that. Uh, just because, you know, I, that's I how you feeling? Yeah, I I just I sense that there's probably more work for the rest of season seven that needs to be completed. Mm-hmm. And it's all that much hotter now that we have the all the strikes with the writers and the actors. And yes, it's all in the can, sure, whatever. But like, you don't know if there's going to be some reshoots here yeah. or there. You don't so like- we're just leaving wiggle room, right? Yeah. No, but I, what I, I yeah. also love is that we, of course, have Men in Kilt season two starting uh, the same night as the mid-season finale. So there's going to be a lot for us to seek our teeth into. And I would recommend that those of you who are listeners of Outlander Cast, mm-hmm. maybe you've listened to some of our other podcasts. So you kind of have a flavor of the things that Blake and I like. Send us your recommendations. Not that we're necessarily going to be able to podcast about them mm-hmm. during Droughtlander, but just to kind of watch because... Blake Blake watches extra TV than I do, so he's frequently <laughs> looking for extra stuff. That's right. I just started uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds wow. based on a listener recommendation. Love that for you. I, <laughs> Love that for you. I was actually thinking about <laughs> having you tag along with me on that one because mm. it's it's quite wow. good. I'm so excited. The school season's starting, and that means my music season's starting, and suddenly I'm going to have rehearsals. <laughs> but I do. I love that for you. And honestly, I, I just need to say this because I had seen a friend of mine who had hidden her Star Trek fandom love. She had hidden it from her, her regular friends, from social media, all this stuff. And just this week, she posted, you know, I'm coming out and telling everybody that I love this. And during COVID, she found other people. Oh, wow. And I say this because it makes me so proud when we find our nerdy fandoms, Outlander for us, um, 
And then we find other people who love it as well. Thank goodness for the internet for allowing us to connect with each other, whether it's through podcasts or meetups or any of this kind of stuff. So I'm just here to say, friends, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for taking the time to embrace your nerddom of your love for all things Jamie and Claire Mm. and for time travel and for Scotland because we are here for it. And a couple of things I don't want to forget. If you live in the New England area, we are going to be going to the New Hampshire Highland Games. And that is like the early 20s, late teens of September. So if you do live around there, we highly recommend that you go get your Scottish fix. Let Blake and I know you'll be there. We are hard to miss because if you've never met us in real life, we're giants. We are really, really tall people. (laughs) So we'll be easy to find. And we're loud, too. And then also in October, on October 22nd, I'm going to be the MC for the Rhode Island um, St. Andrew Society, which is our Scottish society group here Mm -hmm. in Rhode Island. And they're having their 100th annual gala, gala, potato, potato. I have to see which way they want me to say it since I'm actually going to be (laughs) the MC. But we're really excited about that. And actually, Blake and I are going to be um, interviewing the people who are running the event shortly. So keep your eyes open on socials for that and ears open in your podcast apps for that as well. All right. On that note, let's get into the show. All right. Here we go. All right, Marvin. Uh, appreciating the new music again. I, I I like it. Whether whether Bear puts out the album or not, I found that clip and I'm like, we need this. <laughs> make it work. We like- are gonna use this <laughs> somehow. Make it work. And because I'm Batman, I did. So we took care of that. Of course, this episode is entitled "The Practical Guide for Time Travelers," which is named after the apparent book that Roger is writing. And, well, I have a question about the whole Mm. writing of the book thing, Mary. Uh, Like, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, The writer was Margot Yee. Margot Yee actually is a staff writer for Outlander. And the only other credit that Margot Yee has is a short called Out of the Blue back in 2013. That is it. So, like, she's just a staff writer, and, and a staff writer is essentially the <laughs> – it's your first stop in the TV writing room. Like, if you want to be part of a television show as a writer, as a staff writer, that's that. And a lot of the times, people just aren't – they're not even credited as staff. It's just, like, you're a staff writer. Like, that's your name. <laughs> um, but the idea is that those staff writers, they they are, they are collaborate with the people that are actual writers, like the, the, the people who have been in the industry for a little bit, the, one, the people who get credited for episodes. Uh, they help develop those scripts. They map out all the other kind of episode beats, or they even uh, pitch ideas and brainstorm ideas to help aid the writers. And and a lot of the time, if you're a staff writer, you're in the room, but you don't talk unless you're spoken to. <laughs> and that's that's about it. So the thing I've noticed, Mary, a lot, and I mean a lot 
of new writers for this season. Mm. And not like, oh yeah, like new writers that have been brought in from other shows. I mean like, I mean green writers that have been brought in and they're just, this is their first credit. And I would love to know your thoughts on that. Like, do you sense a difference? Do you feel a difference in the writing at all? I mean, I, I feel a difference in many good ways. There have been writers on Outlander who we can tell it's their style yes. and they, they have a certain voice for different characters. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've absolutely adored this season. And I think it would be really interesting for us to get to know these writers a little bit more yeah. and find out, were they Outlander fans? Because that why they're using so many gummy morsels <laughs> from the books? Or are they people who like, whether they read the books or they watch the show, like they are so new. Are they new just because the previous writers needed to go on to new things? And how do you decide upon these newer people? So mm. I think that that's going to be something fun for us to explore through Dratlander. Sure, sure. The director for this episode was Joss Agnew. Now, Joss has directed uh, a lot of different styles of television. Uh, most recently, The Man Who Fell to Earth, uh, and then The Irregulars, uh, also The Split, uh, Deep State, the show. Also, a couple of episodes of, actually, 11 episodes of Poldock. And uh, there's some other shows in here as well Mr. Selfridge, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, Law and Order UK. Uh, here's a good one. Where Earl? Wizards versus aliens. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it, there's there's a wide range of television here, ranging all the way back to about 2006. So Joss Agnew uh, participating in some interesting television, I would mm. say. Uh, but the Man Who Fell to Earth is one of those shows too that's very interesting and, and, and dynamic in its visual. Uh, tapestry, if you will. Uh, so I, I think we get a chance to experience that here, Mary, uh, in some ways. So, all right, that is that. Those are the details that usually everybody is bored by, but I... <laughs> some people really like them, Seem Blake. to love. Not me, but I love that for you, as I said. All right, so now <laughs> it's time for our kilt rating. Of course, we love to rate shows on a scale of one to five, five being the best, one being the worst. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I don't have the. It's uh, okay. It's all good. Here comes a general. Oh wait, Give no, I got Hamilton it. Hamilton Washington. <laughs> all right, there you go. Sorry. Um, so I'm giving this episode a whopping five kilts, not a five plus. No, but still a five kilter. I loved it. I loved so many things about it. I was here for all the fun and for the madness, and that's that. I cannot wait to hear what separates this from a five plus. Oh, okay. I I look forward to that because I anticipated <laughs> a big whopping five plus from you. You want to know what it is? Sure. I would have liked to see Jamie and Claire have sex. That's it? Uh, okay. Um, I would have liked a little bit more time with them. I know we're going to be getting a lot more most likely next episode from Jamie. I don't know. Like, give me a little something to say goodbye to. <laughs> Come on. Um, oh, man. Uh, It's it's it didn't it didn't make me cry. It didn't have that thing. Whatever it is, whatever the thing is, it just lacked. And I appreciate that. There's sometimes it was still a five. Sometimes a, a thing lacks a soul that gives and, you and the sex the extra that we did bit. have didn't do it for me the way that Jamie and Claire sex does it for me. Sure, 
So, sorry. No, it is. It still is a five. Is. Still it's great. Still, a five. still I, fantastic. Still the best. Yes. The best out of this season. Yes. I am going to co-sign with you, Mary, uh, not on a five, but that this is the best that this season has offered awesome. so far. Uh, as such, I'm going to give this one a 4.86. 4.86, okay. Yes. Um, I think... What I, I love what, when you get down to like, not just a 4.8, <laughs> not just a 4.85, but a 4.86. So I, the, the highest one that I've given for this season so far is a 4.85. Okay. I was going to give it a four eight five nine, but even then, I think that's just a little picky. That's a little too blatant. Even for me, <laughs> that's like, all right, buddy, let's calm down. <laughs> okay. With the thousandth, yes. so whatever yes. the heck, whatever the heck the number is, you know. Stats are for nerds. Stats like, are for nerds. Truly. Uh, so I, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to be that much of a troll. Okay. Just, I'll, I'll go up to the next hundredth. We appreciate. Uh, whatever. I, I don't even know if it's a hundredth. Is it a hundredth? Is, is it a sixth? Like Tenth, the four, eight, six? Thousand. Yeah, sure. Uh, I didn't do well on my SATs. So okay. I was a history kid. Um, yeah, I really liked this episode quite a bit. And uh, even though it was written by a staff writer, someone who is brand spanking new to the world Snaps. of Snaps, not an even television. though, but more a props to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's just like, wow. Uh, I think that this episode was pretty well balanced, especially for someone, well, for an episode that has a lot going on yeah this was a smorgasbord um and i i find myself saying that quite a bit i think over the past number of outlander episodes uh and to its credit it's handled the i mean the lightning paced uh set of events i think fairly well uh, and I, I'm I'm happy to say that. All right, your kilt rating, Marvin. How many kilts are you given this episode? I just gave it five. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> how to tell when the hosts aren't listening? I got you. Well, it's, it's not. It it's wasn't not that it was properly labeled in our Google Doc. You got rid of the like capitalized GBG. Our GBGs are good. Our bads are great. Yes. What's your What's your GBG? Friends, if you don't have GBG in your life, I'm telling you. It's going to be a game changer. We actually, so we've been doing GBGs, our good, our bad, and our greats for for episodes since maybe day one, if not soon Ooh, after day close. one. pretty close, yeah. So we've been doing it for a very long time. And I forget who, but someone came to one of our finale parties in Newport, Rhode Island, and told us that they do GBGs at dinner with their kids. <laughs> and it has revolutionized our evening dinner time with our family. Yep. So if you're that listener, thank you for suggesting it to us. They were like, thank you for GBGs. And we're like, thank you for taking it up a notch. So honestly, like this is a great thing for to do with your kids. It is a great thing to do with your partner, with your family, with even, you know, your coworkers that you work with. Um, just know that sandwiching in between two Gs is always a nice thing. It's a good thing, It man. is a good thing. Nice little sweet Oreo You're welcome love. for my optimism world because <laughs> <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it is. So my good for this episode was the spectacles. For this what? Uh, was this spectacles conversation. I'm on Burgundy? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Spectacles yes. conversation. The whole bit. Now, granted, 
I mean, I'm here for always wanting some more Jamie and Claire time, and we're getting that slow motion goodbye, which is never a good thing in Outlander. Um, so I loved that bit. I just love their humor. I think that Sam and Kat play off of each other so beautifully. Yes. And I love me moments like that that I just hold dear. And um, just Jamie talking about wearing spectacles turns me on. <laughs> <laughs> Those they should totally have spectacle spectacles. sex, the two of them. <laughs> there we go five plus okay <laughs> tortoise shell have, turtle soup how give does it to one me. have spectacle set now they can see what they're doing oh oh okay I you, you wear meant, spectacles no you don't I have sexy meant, spectacles I'm thought, saying you both wear it you're like you're like the lady from Titanic paint me with this and only draw me with this and only this no it's like it, it, but let's do it spectacles but let's see where we're going <laughs> anyway Let's see where we're going. <laughs> My bad. Oh, man. My bad. Is it nothing, any, anything to do with lighting, continuity, any of that kind of stuff? My bad is Rob Cameron and how he just shows up. Guy sucks. And neither, neither Roger nor Bree says, no, thank you. And then he even says, I want another dram. And neither of them says, no, thank you. I can tell you, friends, if that was James Fraser at the door... If that was a Taurus at the door, oh, you yeah. don't come inside a bull's house when they don't want you there. No. Okay. Very no. different, though. I appreciate that Roger and Bree handled it differently, especially Roger. Roger is a very tender-hearted introvert, so I appreciate that he is very different than the king of men. Be the alpha. But as an alpha myself, it was hard for me. Oh, it's the worst. I, I, and you I, should see me when people come up to my door trying to show me the <laughs> all the different things, whether they're trying to get me to get the solar panels, they're trying to show me a book of their religion, if it's a, it's a kid, if it's a kid who's trying to sell me candy for the Boy Scouts, I'm like, who do you think you are? Nobody sees the wizard. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, Mary, I gotta, I gotta, I have to just say this. Yes. How they didn't tell Rob Cameron to go pound sand it's not is their personality. beyond me. I, 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 what are we doing? Made me think of my mom who was fooled by that, that telescam that told her <laughs> that she needed to send $500 to somewhere and she drove all around to five different Trying Walmarts to, get to, Walmart and to, get Zell to send and- it over to them. <laughs> you know, sometimes people are just in a gullible day. Uh, I just and he was already thrown off, and he had the buck thing. So I get it. I get it. And so it's one thing for me to be like, it's one thing for me to say like, okay, well, uh, yeah, sure. He's trying to be nice. It's come Bruce over for dinner, sure. Yeah. But then when the guy actually shows up unannounced, and they're like, uh, yeah, it's fine. Like, nope. <sighs> when you when you got young kids. Nope. And it's not even necessarily a knock on Brian Roger. It's also a knock on Rob Cameron. Like the Kahunes yeah. and so rude. I mean, I, it, we all know he's rude. He still is a kid. And like so. the, we all, we all, we all like. There are some people that are like, oh well, he doesn't want to make stuff tough for Bree at work. Yeah, no, it, it that is that goes way beyond whatever. <sighs> it's so funny because like I don't want to hear any of that. Watching this show through the lens of 2023 and parents who like barely you know let kids have sleepovers with people who they've known for a decade, nonetheless, yeah. with some guy they just met, <laughs> so different, so different. Uh, All right, okay, and then my great yeah. everything with Buck. Ah, Not a okay. single thing without him. Down to his crunchy peanut, down to his peanut butter um, 
down to uh, the sitting on the seat with the kids, down to the telling Bree, like, I don't like this guy and just how he acted towards Rob Cameron, to sit in shotgun with Roger. Yeah. Let's go get you, Jemmy. Right. I am just, I'm here for Buck, and the actor portraying him is doing such a phenomenal job. Graham McTavish who? Yeah, right. Okay, done. That's, a, that's actually a, a very... Um, I would say, and I'm not sure if you meant this, but I think it's a very valid point, Mary. Like, the the Graham McTavish casting feels like a very serious bit of stunt casting in season whatever, season four. And it, it feels like they didn't really have an idea of what they wanted to do moving forward like because obviously this is part of the books right like obviously they knew that buck was coming back i think so, like they how also, is it that they, they had they were- to figure like okay will it be renewed that long where we'll be able to say that storyline and can we sign an actor to do one episode and then also say but promise us in two three four five ten years we don't know how long it's going to take for us to film this you know COVID and all these kind of things happen and tell this person who they hired years ago, we'll be back for you. Yeah, it happened with Tobias Menzies in Game of Thrones. Make sure you'll be here for us. Well, that's Tobias Menzies in Game of Thrones where I feel like, you know, we'd have to see, like, when did they say that they were definitely coming out with this season? You can't just, I don't know. I think it's different. I uh, I think six and seven were ordered after season five. I forgive them, and I've already rewritten this character in my brain. Yes, I would what say I'm that. Saying. So to me, it's NBD. I love me Graham McTavish, so it's a nice little, you know, little cherry on top, yeah. but I agree with you. It would be nice continuity-wise. Yeah. But All right, so anyway. Uh, your GVGs, my love. Uh, by the way, I I agree with you wholeheartedly but, uh, about the, the guy who plays Buck now. It has made me forget Yes. About Graham as Buck. In your mind, it already is rewritten I, that I'm he's already the done. one that does all of that. Yes. But whatever. Uh, all right. So my good, I actually have a tie. Ooh. Uh, first for your is, highest rated episode this season. I love yes, it. Yes. Uh, my first goes to Joss Agnew, who is the director of this episode. M- my feeling from the, the, from the direction is that uh, it was exceptional. Uh, and and not just you know the 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 composition of the shots or the, and obviously lighting is different than direction right because that's cinematography but like you know it, the director runs kind of all of it and when they're shooting stuff uh, and the the direction for this episode was spectacular and that was witnessed I think in like the the stuff with Tufty right. Uh, I know again that this is written, but the way that it is shown on television m- makes a big difference. Actually, you know what kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of This Is Us, if you remember. Uh, spoiler alert! Uh, with the red boots, yes. Uh, with uh, with the little boy, mm-hmm. and like oh the red Jack. boots, yeah, with little Jack. Oh, the red boots is so cute. Uh, and then like later on, you see the red boots, and you're like oh. <gasps> No, <laughs> right? Yes, that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tufty is one of those things that we already have this built-in 
association with it because of previous seasons. So it's like when we see it in, in the opening cod, it's like, oh, wait, yay, Tufty, like, so cute. Um, and then Roger sees it and he's all happy. And then at the end of the episode, we see Tufty again and we're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. right? And there's an immediately, you know, that, okay, this actually happened. Like something with Jemmy happened. This scoff is there. And whatever it is, it ain't good, mm-hmm. right? And it's, balanced by this thing that we all like there's some other scenes in here too whether it was the consistent going back to the box of letters uh it happened three times in this episode uh and things were adjusted uh and mary you've brought this up before with uh captain jack sparrow when he's like everything's okay i didn't leave you there yeah like that that moment Mm -hmm. we get that moment in this episode now we can talk i think we should talk about the decision that's made by Dr. Roger. Jack Sparrow doesn't do it. Will does it. Oh, uh, Will. Yeah, sorry. But in Pirates. Yes. Um, we we can talk about the decision that was made by, by Roger to have that in the open, but it is nevertheless there regardless, and to reference it in the way that the direction did, spectacular. Uh, we see some other stuff with like the shot of Roger and Bree at the trailer when they're, when they're like hugging uh, William's shock and rage uh, after Sandy dies. Uh, the cutesy little scene with Jamie and Claire of the glasses. Uh, just really, really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other good goes to Angus McFadden, who plays uh, General Fraser. Yes. Uh, and we all know him from uh, Braveheart, who played Robert the Bruce, and later on starred in... Um, uh, Turn, uh, the show Turn about Washington spies. He played very cool. Um, I can't remember the, the name of the guy that he played. Anyway, but he was really good in it. So when they had cast him in the way, and he shows up as the general, it's like, yeah, this guy, he's got it. He doesn't play. No, he they they're not messing. And you you get you get an immediate sense of okay, this person's going to carry weight, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, my bad. And I don't know if I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying this. I mean, you but don't. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> because my my bad, and I think it's extraordinarily bad, okay. is the whole goodbye slow-mo scene with Jamie and Claire. And I, like in and of itself, it's not bad, right? Like it's. This is a thing that Outlander does, in case you haven't remembered, when people when people are not together for a while after, they do a slow motion goodbye. Sure. Okay. So, so I'm not spoiling anything by saying in previous times when Outlander would do a slow motion goodbye, it's telling you, hold on to this spider monkey. Yeah. Because you ain't going to have it again, potentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here, so, here's the thing, though. Right. Here's the thing. When that style goodbye happens, which hasn't right? been used for a while, you're right. But when that style goodbye happens mm-hmm. in, and not just Outlander, but in in any show or any movie, right? It, it. I say this often, but it's true. You may not recognize it in the moment, but your brain does. Your brain has been taught that when you have a scene like this. It's the final moment, 
between these two people. Like a, a very famous example of this, right, is actually the episode before the Battle of Winterfell uh, in, in Game of Thrones. They had an entire episode, which was basically one slow-mo goodbye, right? Mm-hmm. And that's done on purpose, it's to give you a final moment between two characters who are never going to see each other again. But but to your point, these slow motion goodbyes that have happened in Outlander have not actually been their final goodbyes. It's been goodbye for quite some time. Whether it's with Jamie or with Frank, they have had these and yet the people have seen each other again. So I'd say within the Outlander universe, your point doesn't ring true, my love. No, but it does because what the show does to you later on is that it shows you an unconscious Jamie. Yes. But it doesn't make you aware that he's unconscious. It show it 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 neither confirms nor denies the fact that he's dead. Correct. Right? So when you do that, like if there was a moment if if Jamie was running and like he, you see his eyes go big and you realize oh, Jamie's in trouble. What you're saying, Mary, makes sense. But, the sh- but on the other hand, the show has told you possibly that Jamie is dead. And if that's the case, it is way disingenuous. The, the entire slow-mo scene, how they left the episode... Because we all know as viewers, Jamie's not dead. Mm -hmm. But then why leave it with the idea that he possibly is, right? It's, and and if if we- Because you as a show watcher are the omniscient God, but other characters are not. Agreed. Okay, this is pretty much like pre-cell phones and someone would get lost (laughs) and they'd be lost for a very long time and you're like, could they be in a car accident? I don't know. Do I start calling hospitals? Do I start calling their friends? So they don't know because they're like actively presently in the moment. Sure. And if it was just on Claire and we didn't have that moment, I would agree with you. If we didn't have the moment with Jamie at the end. But the problem is the show itself, the show is telling you its story. Yeah. And the, 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 the scene that it created is disingenuous. The feeling that it created I'm just saying is disingenuous. Not, it may not be about you for that scene. So I appreciate your feelings, but yep. I think this next episode, the fin- final episode, yep. I actually think we're going to have to see things from Jamie's point of view because sure. we got to see the battle from William's point of view. Yes. Um, and it was funny because they'd have these shots of like, you know, the Morgan's people in, in the fringe white outfits running around. And you're like, is that Jamie? I can't tell. <laughs> and then you see like a tuft of red hair and you're like, is that Jamie? I can't tell. I can't see if they're moving too fast. So I do feel like we are, I feel like seven, 707 and 708 are going to be something that we kind of need to see together. Yeah, it makes me- <laughs> Which makes it so sad that there was like a two week break. You yeah, know? It, it makes me wonder actually if we're going to see- Jamie's point of view in 708. I would really hope so. It, if anything, I would argue that it oh well. Oh, that'd be that'd be a little bit of a slap in the face if 709 gave us Jamie's point of view. Well, you're you're going to have to find out, my love. Like, I know it's going to be interesting. Great? But anyway, my great my great is I have two actually. Um there's a beautiful, stunning, gorgeous magnificent 
spectacular. Where's that Kim Kardashian sound effect or one of the Kardashians? Amazing, brilliant. No, no, no. They're like complimenting who whichever one it is. <laughs> I don't Obviously, know. you haven't. Heard <laughs> I don't it. have okay. that. Uh, but when I say it, I mean it full well. Like it, it, there is there is no sarcasm here whatsoever. A legitimately beautiful, stunning transition from when uh, Bree and Roger are in front of the trailer at night, yes. and they're I'm not either they're holding each other or they're dancing or whatever. It's actually in the title cards, right? Yes, the title cards. And then the one. camera pans up into blackness, but you can still see motion. Mm-hmm. And then as the motion continues up, it follows up and over the dam yes. and into the water, and then goes down onto Bree and. Uh, and Buck. I did love that. That transition was freaking Stunning. awesome. I looked at, I, 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 was, I felt like I was Leonardo DiCaprio in that meme, you know, when he's pointing at the screen, like that was me. Like, oh, oh my God, that is awesome. Right? So, uh, but my other great uh, goes to uh, Dermid Murtaugh, who plays Buck. That guy. Oh my gosh, right? That's uh, Both of our greats are Buck? <laughs> yeah, seriously. That guy is freaking Awesome. Truly. Awesome. And the what he brought to the table as Buck right mm-hmm. away to me was believable. Yep. Uh it was believable that he could turn from you know being this enemy of Roger to a dad who quite clearly has an issue with his family and that's quite clearly the reason why he was sucked into the portal and quite clearly doesn't want to go back to his family and then turning into Uncle Buck, you know, oh no, no, Cousin Buck, sorry, I, I, I desperately wanted them to say Uncle Buck in the worst way, but it just, it didn't happen. Um, and then I, it was totally believable when he's like, all right, you got something else stronger to, to drink and sitting down in, in the trailer watching TV with the, with the kids getting his beard combed with a bobby comb, like all of it made perfect sense. And uh, I thought that the actor himself is what sold the character. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, I'm not sure if I would buy Graham McTavish that way. I don't know. How about you? I would. I've already have too much Graham McTavish in my life. McTavish in my life right now, <laughs> and it would have been too confusing to watch that and then trailers for season two of Men in Kilts in New Zealand. I, yes, I. I'm very glad they made this choice. And for yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will just leave it there. Yes, yes, yes. So here's what I want to say, Mary, now that we've gone through the whole thing. I want to say that Outlander for me has I don't want to say become reinvigorated, mm-hmm. but it is certainly back into territory that I think is what made it special. Right. For a lot of the time, we looked at Outlander as being special because of Scotland. And by the way, 100% true. That's what made that show separate from anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what gave it its, its identity, its DNA. And you're like, okay, this is different. But when I look at it from this far back and I take a step back on it, it's the time travel element. And Mixing that with Scotland, yes. But having this kind of fish out of water experience with Buck and him going to the dam and looking at everything and even recognizing the differences or in some of the things that still remain to be the same, um, 
that to me is what is making this season special. Combining that with the letters between Jamie, um, between Claire and Bree, um, going back and forth in time, having Buck there, having like this, what do we do with this person? Like, and having that separation is what's giving this the this season. I think finally the fuel to become the kind of show that it ought that to be. That we fell in love with to begin yeah, with. Yeah, what, what do you think about that? No, I agree. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, this to me feels like old Outlander for many reasons. And um, I also think that being back in Scotland has a lot to do with it. The Scotland magic makes us, <laughs> even though... Oddly enough, we've been filming in Scotland all along. It just has a very different feel and flair to it. So, uh, like even the scene when Roger's looking at the the family tree mm-hmm. and he sees the guy's date of death, yeah. and it's like, "Give me the magic." Like, do would I tell the guy his mm-hmm. date of death? Mm-hmm. Right? Do would I want to do that? It's relatable. It is. Uh, and you have they have an opportunity. To kind of play with that, mm-hmm. and and now they have these questions about we're just we're just thrust back in, into OG Outlander. You know, we go for so long traveling through the stones, and then Claire going through her journey and marrying Jamie and Culloden and everything. We kind of like lose the time traveliness of it. Granted, she still is a time traveler, but we're not traveling through time for quite some time. Yes. Uh, then we get it again, and we get it a few more times, but. Right now, it's just, it's right there. It's in our face. And I like that. And I like the questions and the issues that we're going to have to resolve with it in these upcoming episodes. All right. So So let's get into this episode. I mean, pretty much everything. So before we get into this, Blake and I would love to remind you that we want to connect with you online, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just search Mary and Blake. We do have an exclusive Facebook community that we would love for you to be a part of, particularly when it comes to Dratlander. So we can either do, you know, some rewatching and chats together or find some other shows to keep us company. And also we're going to be covering men in kilts. So just search Mary and Blake, a group will pop up for you. Click that and join. We'd love to see you there. And yeah, let's, um, we, we get a bit of a, the a cold open again. Last week, I don't think we had the cold open. This week we did have the cold open, the show where it's the letter, um, and Bree is reading the letter where Claire is talking about being outside of Saratoga and Roger introduces Bree to Buck. And that's how things open. Yeah. Uh, Which is a really fun to kind of remind you like, okay, this is what happened. And then here's what immediately came yeah. from it. So Bree has all these emotions and thinking about her family that she has just traveled from. So I thought that was a really neat way to kind of set the story. Here's where Claire and Jamie are. Here's what's going on here. And then we got the song yeah. with the credits and the title card, of course, being the Tufty Club button that right. you talked about before. Right. And this is when Buck then talks about his story of Craig Nadoon. So I'd love to just kind of sit and simmer with Buck since he was our great. Yeah. And talk about how we got there and and how we feel about him. And, you know, obviously he was talking about the financial issues they were going through and how they're walking past. They're in Inverness trying to find some some work and everything. And they walk past Craig Nadoon and his family hears it. Yeah. And he, he says that it felt like it was coming from his bones, mm-hmm. that he couldn't take it. Uh, all right. So here's what I, I will say about this. If this were any other show... 
I would pound this into oblivion, being like, come on, this dude just walks by it, and it's, it just so happens to be Buck, who just so happens to go to the 80s, who just so happens to have Roger. Come on. But this is Outlander, mm-hmm. and Outlander's going to Outlander, and this is one of those things that like, I think happens... It, it, you have to expect it to be what it wants to be. Yes. Right. So that's why I'm not going to talk about that no. because it's not worth it. Like it'd be, it'd be like asking a depressed person, like don't be depressed. Like sometimes you can't help it. And I'm not saying outlander is depressing. I'm saying people, things are going to be what they are regardless of what you expect of them. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Like you can't expect outlander to, not be a thing that it wants to be. Well, and also back in that day and age, there weren't as many jobs and businesses and cities and towns. So it just makes sense that Inverness did, it was a place that they traveled to. Yes. And as they're traveling and they pass Craig Nadoon. So it, to me, it just makes sense. What I do love is that, you know, he's he's walking in all the roaring carriages, meaning the cars are passing yeah. by. And he's in, he sees Roger entering a shop in Inverness. Yes. And then from there, he follows him home to Lollybrock. Because that was one of the things, too. Roger and Brie are like, okay, we understand you got here, but how did you get here? Yeah. And now you're terrorizing our children. Explain that bit. And I love that Buck was just able to say, I saw you, which means that this happened to you, too. And yeah. maybe you could explain this to me because you're the only other ones who knew what's happened to me. And, and the other thing that he says, too, is y- you were hung and you survived. Yes. And then you ended up here. Here. Like, I I don't know what I'm messing with. <laughs> right? Right? Like, I don't know who you could be like an alien. Are like, you Harry Potter? Uh, right. Seriously. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no, I don't have my, my sound. Uh, here it is. I'm Harry freaking Potter. And uh, then Buck finds out. That they're family. Because right. he's asking, like, why were you hitting on my wife? And of course I would have hung you. Anybody would have hung you. And Roger's saying, yeah, um, yeah, like my great-great-great-great-granddad. And right. that was my great-great-great-grandma. So we're family. And the realization and the shift that happens in Buck from that moment on, yeah. you say family, and he's done. Yeah, that's it. Like, it, that, that... Sign, seal, delivered. Connects right in. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things here, too, that you have to recognize also is... Buck has abandoned his family, right? Uh, by all accounts, on purpose, right? At least the way that it's framed within Why the show. Why would you feel that way? Because the way that Bree speaks with him later on, she's like, so what were you doing? Like, you want to go back to your family, right? Like, what were you thinking about? Um, because Bree says you need the stone, and then to yeah. get to whoever, wherever you want to be, ideally you want to be thinking about that person. We saw Jemmy mess it up, yeah. you know, one time. Um, so, like, I mean, like, I think there's still some machinations of time travel and how it works that have yet to be figured out. Agreed. But I'm willing to, I'm willing to forego or, or at least whistle past that graveyard, right? Because mm-hmm. again, things are going to happen in Outlander that. Outlander's gonna Outlander, right? So, like, you can't expect it to be something that it's not. So I'm okay with that. But clearly, the show is positing that Buck doesn't want to be near his family for some reason. I don't know what it is, but he doesn't want to be there. So my thought is, he's like, I just want to, like, I shouldn't be with my family, right? And maybe the Stones see that as an interpretation of, like, I'm gonna bring you back to your family that actually 
knows the deal that can help you like you see what i'm saying like yeah. that can help you go back and like appreciate your family mm. like it's almost like a a christmas carol type deal what i like about this is this is the first viewing of time travel in the show where we see someone's initial trip being to the future and not yeah. to the past yeah it still is at that 200 year-ish mark yeah, which right. is neat too so i and but i just think about it think about this too if Roger is his great 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 grandkid, whatever, like stats of inerts, um, he gets a chance to see the fact that his family does survive. So whatever mm-hmm. decision he does make, no matter what, his family continues. Yes, right. So that there's an expectation there of wow, this some, like life goes on. Mm-hmm. And again, the way that this guy Dearman Murtaugh like sells the whole him. thing he's doing such a great job like he's like my whole family's dead like my kids are dead like my wife is dead and we've we've had this feeling too you know when when claire's had to talk about either of her husbands in the different time frames they're not here they're not alive they're yeah. technically dead and kind of that weird feeling where i left them and they weren't dead and they yeah. were okay and they probably go on to live a lovely life but they're not alive here and now yeah. such an interesting concept That's wild. for them to have to juggle and, i want to pause oh, because hope, oh, uh, yeah. one other thing too what really stood out to me in that whole bit. The eating peanut butter jelly sandwich bit? Well, yeah. Well, it, by the, there was a callback to Jamie, by the way, with the peanut butter. I yes. loved that. That was phenomenal. Yes. No, but the whole bit there when he was talking about like coming through and uh, mm-hmm. felt it in my bones. I felt like I couldn't take it. And I think what sold me on the guy that's playing Buck is when he talked about the roaring carriages. Yeah. Um. There was this sense of wonder and fear mm-hmm. and angst um, uh, and terror, like all, all of it all wrapped into yes. one. And I don't know how the guy did it, but when he talked about the roaring carriages, mm-hmm. you went from, oh, this was Buck to who hung Roger, Roger mm-hmm. to this is just a guy that's scared. Yes. And instantly, you like instantly as a viewer, yep. you're on his side. The way that his face changed when he figured out you are my family and Roger's saying my kid's name is Jeremiah because your kid's name right, is Jeremiah. Right. Like, this is a thing, man. I agree with you. The roaring carriages, the fear, feeling out of his element, feeling like you're the only person I can trust was so big. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in this. I think it's really important for us to realize we had that opening shot, that cold open of Brie reading Saratoga mm-hmm. letter from her mom and Roger rushing in with Buck because a lot of people are giving a lot of flack about like, you need to hide the box better. This all happened in absolute chaos. Brie was reading a letter from her mom. And then Buck comes in. Rob Cameron comes in. Hide your Buck. Do this, do that. Like yeah. kids are home. So, in my opinion, they would have had a better hiding place overall, but she was caught mid-reading. And then Roger goes back into the office to go find the family tree and like quickly adjust things, but needs to go back out there because Buck's in his house. So I feel like 
yes, this could have been handled differently, but let's be real. When life throws curveballs at you, one after another, and you have a crazy chaotic day, you miss things. You forget stuff. You forget to turn the oven off or you, you know, I think even just about Thanksgiving when you're like, oh, I completely forgot to bake the bread rolls. You know what I mean? Let me, friends, like, honestly, when you have craziness at holidays and you're like, I forgot a complete appetizer. (laughs) That's what it was like because to them, having these letters inside their usually secure house was usually secure. (laughs) You usually have all these people in there. So I just wanted to say that we have to keep that in mind that this episode, I think, gave us that beginning of her reading the letter and Buck coming in to give us them that grace of the box being out of place. Um, So... You know, we'll get to Rob Cameron in a second. We hide Buck inside the priest hole with another peanut butter jelly sandwich. But we then find him later with Mandy (laughs) and Jemmy in the trailer watching TV. And Jemmy's just like, yeah, he's from the future. The guy's (laughs) talking about a guy named Blake. I loved it. And Mandy's combing his, his hair with like a little doll brush. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and he's just sitting there. He's just sitting there. What a great scene. Right? Like a spectacular <laughs> scene. Like that felt like it was out of a Spielberg movie. Yes. It felt like it was just it's such an endearing, beautiful little moment for this guy watching television. It was like E.T. And Jimmy's like, oh, we found the Knuckle V and he's not that scary after all. Actually, he's a part of our family. Yeah, so like- cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. Oh my gosh, it totally had the Drew Barrymore E.T. Yeah. vibe. Yeah, no, it, it was, it, like I said, this was Spielbergian. Like yes! it was, it, it, it's one of those things that you just, you know it when you see it. Yes. And now that- Like you- that's going to be one of my favorite shots, favorite scenes- Totally. Of season seven, maybe of Outlander overall, because it just made you smile. Yeah, and it just happened. And <laughs> it's just sitting there. And like you expected it to be like this big dramatic thing, like mm-hmm. he's out doing something weird or whatever. And he's just not sitting there watching TV. Like, yep. What a great subversion of expectation. Um, but Marvin, I, I do got to say this. Yeah. We are at 53 minutes okay. on this podcast. Um, we should probably uh, talk about our partners here for a little bit, and then we can decide on how quickly you okay. want to move through the rest of this episode. Shall we? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's do that. Well, we talk about our partners in crime for this episode, and that is true because they are Weebox. And Weebox is an amazing gift uh, that just keeps giving, by the way. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. It is a subscription gift box that is designed to share Scotland with Scots and Scots at heart, like poses like me, all over the world. If you love Scotland, you got to get yourself a wee box. You know, it's funny because I'm actually wearing a gift from a previous wee box. I'm wearing a necklace that has a little bit of Highland Heather inside of it. Oh, cool. And what's neat is every single month, it's five different curated gifts. Um, hey, and Mary, you, why, don't yeah. you, why don't you show it out oh, there? Yeah, okay. You, why don't you show it off? For our friends who, who watch on video. Right there. It's this beautiful little like glass ball with Highland Heather yeah. right inside. I absolutely adore it. And these you get five different gifts and I gotta tell you you're gonna find ways for them to perfectly be blended into your life and uh, just to bring those little moments of Scotland whether as I said you treat yourself you're gifted it from somebody else they're often very exclusive and can't be bought outside Scotland 
There's that free magazine with Scotland's top journalists, a free exclusive virtual tour with our internet sensation Andy the Highlander, plus a soundtrack to listen to as you unbox the gifts. So as we're recording, we're currently in the month of August, but we wanted to let you know about the next box that you can sign up for, which is the September box. Yes, the September box, it's entitled the Let's Escape to Sky and Sky Cozy Cottage. Could it, we all please just escape to Sky for a little bit? It's voted it voted the most desirable place to live in all of the UK. Sky is rightly renowned for its rugged landscapes, its unique place and clan history, relaxed hospitality, and a vibrant and seasonal food scene. Mm. This month's WeBox is actually curated to transport you to island life and help you experience the joy of oh gosh, down. sign me up for all of this. So okay, so for example. They give you a Sky Sins coffee mug holder. Uh, Sky Sins are tanners, makers, and suppliers of luxurious sheepskins, oh. home accessories, and sustainably made clothing. Uh, and the sheepskin coffee mug holder is made from close-cropped curly sheepskin that help keep fingers cozy Get in your favorite out. drink at the perfect temperature. You know what's so perfect is the August one came with a mug. So if your mug was a little too warm for your fingers, now you've got a mug. Right. Oh my gosh, I love this. And but in general, like, oh, this is cozy yeah. mug season. And then the next one, the next one is an Anam Cara Organic Rejuvenating Serum, oh, Mary. More. This has I'm your name this. written yeah. all over it. This rose hip and sea buckthorn serum is a luxurious sea blend buck. of the finest organic oils to deeply nourish and rejuvenate your skin. The anti-aging properties in these stimulating oils contain vitamins A, E, and C, and the lavish blend of frankincense, yang-yang, and patchouli, it creates a truly scrumptious or sumptuous. Sumptuous and scrumptious, eh? Fragrance. It's truly amazing. <laughs> so go to webox.co.uk and use the coupon code CAST10 at checkout for 10% off your Escape to Sky. Oh my gosh, be still my heart. Cozy Cottage Weebox. Oh our, my goodness gracious. Our friend Ann Gavin, uh, her Instagram is the Scotland Diaries. I We've talked about her before. Talk about it again. You got to check that out. Um, she's gone to Sky. So, oh, yeah. And I just cool. live vicariously through her Instagram reels. All right, my friends. All right. So, we, uh, again, yes. Mary, we oh, no. are at okay. 57 so minutes. So, I'm just saying, so I wanted I to get through Buck. Um, yeah. And, of course, his being able to kind of feel out Rob Cameron, knowing that he was kind of acting inappropriately with Brie. And it's just funny, right? Because when he does bring this up to Roger and he says, hey, man to man, I've got a bad feeling about this guy. I think he has the hots for your wife. Roger then says, you think everybody has a hots for somebody's wife. And you wife. know what? I totally, I'm on Team Roger in this one. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that I think that Buck is wrong. I think that he's right. Obviously, he's right, in my opinion. But when it comes from Roger's perspective, I'd be like, dude, I got a noose around my neck because you thought I had the hots for your yeah. wife. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to believe you. I don't think I totally trust you, man, but you yeah. can keep that plane. Funny thing to be like, yeah, you can have Jemmy's favorite plane. Yeah, good luck bringing that back through the stones. Nobody's asking yeah. us questions about that. <laughs> my goodness gracious. All right, so we've got Buck. Buck's the best. He jumps in the car with Roger. Yes. We love this. Um, let's let's hang for a moment with Roger and Bree. Yes. Um, I, I do ask about the time, though, Mary, just because I did have a slight, History lesson oh. on Gentleman Johnny Burgoyne. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it'd be, it would be it would be time effective if I gave it. Okay, you're going to do this as like your own little episode then. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps I will do a small ep 
history yeah, episode. I think you can do it. All right, we'll think we can do that. All right, so all right, let's Roger ta- Bree, you know, not parents of the year, but parents of the year, I guess, in the eighties when things were different. Um, I think they did a beautiful job in this episode playing off of one another yes. and just kind of like figuring things out in this crazy chaotic day, handling a, a difficult situation. You do this, I do that. I think they're wonderful as a couple. Love it or hate it, their sex scene. Give it to me. Um, I'm kind of agnostic. Okay. Uh, I loved the Phil Collins. I don't care that it, the song came out like however many years later than but then it was playing in the. I think the, it was around the, the same. episode, but whatever. Okay, I mean, yeah. who, who cares? Yeah. Like, I, I get it. Um, I, I get the effect that they're trying to go for. I think it's a great song. Number yeah, one, I love that um, song. And I, I actually liked the build up to it, and oh I my liked, gosh, yes, and I liked the you know when the drums kick in and the whole thing happens. Mm-hmm. My sense from it though, my here's my first thought. Roger must be packing because that angle that they were at, I don't know how they made that work. <laughs> okay, that's all I'm gonna say. It when they're actually in bed, I didn't love it. Yes, I I, I loved there was the a little standing. I loved yeah. the flirtation. I loved the jealousy. I loved all of that. Once you're laying down. I felt like hands were being moved as quickly as the drums. And I agree with you. Um, things that I like when Jamie and Claire have sex is they're just like, let's do different positions. Let's do this. Let's do that. And this just felt like the same space, but they kept moving their hands and biting each other. So you do you. I'm much more into their foreplay. But yeah, it, I think I've said this before. When it comes to the sex scenes, you know, whether it is Jamie and Claire or now even Roger and Bree, I just, I kind of just fast forward through them because like I, I just don't care. Like, and, and that maybe that makes me a, a weird TV watcher, but like what led up to it was more important for me than that. Right. Like I, I just, I don't care about it. Like, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not, I don't watch Outlander for the sex scenes like a lot of people do, I, I guess. Know, I think, too, like, when we had earlier stuff with Claire, it was so much about seeing the female pleasure, which often isn't necessarily portrayed well on screen. You know what I mean? It's often, like, porn and it's, like, super-duper fake. And I feel like female empowerment during sex and also seeing her enjoy it and have that partnership with Jamie and with Bree and Roger, it's much more playful. Yes. And like, all right, let's get a quickie because our kid's at a sleepover kind of thing yeah. and have this fun little banter. So it's different than we've been used to, I think, for this series. So if you were really into the Jamie and Claire sex, you may not be into the Roger Bree sex because it is very, very different. Yeah. So um, totally agree with you. It's not that I hate it. It's just also not necessarily my thing, but their foreplay, I was definitely into. Um, all right. So let's talk about the Rob Cameron of it all. Oh my goodness. Reading all the stuff, reading all the things, because he had the time traveler's guide and now he's reading letters in the box. So he's reading a whole bunch of stuff. Let's just pretend he knows everything we know. It's a guarantee that he does. He's a speed reader. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you remember those old commercials when it was like, let's let teach you how to speed read. And it was yeah. like this. They would they would like go from yeah. page to page like. Yeah, right. All right. Um. Listen, the Rob Cameron of it all is another one of those things that I think if it happened on any other show, I'd probably be very upset mm-hmm. uh, just because it's so over the top. Um, 
but I, again, I, I, I can't expect the show to not be something that it wants to be, right? So I, I kind of get it. And so does it work for you, I guess, Mary, within context, right? Like mm-hmm. how we give our kilt ratings within context. Uh, does the Rob Cameron of this, of it all, work for you? Yeah. In, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me kind of question you know, whether or not he actually had a wife. Mm-hmm. It makes me question whether or not he actually had a kid. Uh, it makes me question if the dude's just straight evil. Uh, or is he actually trying to go get money? Like, did he think that if he brought Jemmy to the stones, he could get the money and then potentially, since he knows everything now, he, he knows, knows that- He knows all, we need, as I said, we need to assume that he knows everything we know. So if he just thinks about his wife hard enough, right, at that time, do you think he could get the money, bring it with him uh, that Jemmy knows about and prevent- uh, his wife leaving him? Like, did his wife leave because she, he didn't have money? I, I think there's a lot here that if we just look at it within context, mm-hmm. there's some stuff that we could probably dig into in terms of Rob Cameron. Yeah. Right? And because the other part of all of this, too, is Roger still believes that he has changed history. Yes. So you have to you have to assume... That Rob Cameron thinks, oh, if I go back and do this, I'll change history. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about the repercussions of stealing this kid because my future will be different. It won't, I won't even have to worry about this kid and the repercussions. Right? Like, I think there's some interesting stuff there. Yeah. No, it's, <sighs> there's a lot. There's a lot because Rob Cameron has taught us from day one, we shouldn't trust him. So I totally think that it's valid to be like, did he even have a wife? Did she take him? Because if he did and this story pans out, then yes, it makes sense that he would want the money or in general, he could want the money and just be shady and make this story to make people feel bad for him. Uh, He's also the last name is Cameron. So we don't know if Jocasta Cameron and the gold source is mentioned inside of these letters. Once again, we need to assume that he read everything we know. Um, and uh, also that being said, this is part of, you know, it's it's just it's a lot. It is a lot. And I'm really excited to see up to what we get to next episode. Um, but just bad news, bad news bears. And I agree with you, Blake. We need to assume he knows a lot. We got a name dropped, though. While we're driving, we're talking about everything that he read. Oh, yeah. We got the gay list. We, the got, the ga- we got the G bomb dropped. How do you feel about that? Uh, so, well, here's what I will say. Theory time. There, it ain't for funsies that the big G-bomb was dropped. (laughs) Okay? Okay. She's coming back. Mm, Interesting. And she's totally, totes my goats coming back next episode. Wow. Totally. Uh, because... They're going to end up showing Rob Cameron with Jemmy. It may not be a thing where it's like we're going to be spending time with them. But my guess is that the the next episode ends with Rob Cameron and Jemmy showing up to Galus. And um, uh, and uh, what's his name? Ugh. 
I don't know. Dougal? Dougal, thank you. you. You're confused because he was Buck for I know. a little bit. I, I had to hold, for those of you who aren't watching, I had to hold up Dougal's Funko Pop to, yes. that we have in our studio. <laughs> oh, so you think Galus and Dougal are going to be in the next episode? I do. Okay. I, it may not be Dougal necessarily, although that would be really cool. But I got a feeling that it's going to be, the, the, the season ends with Galus and Jemmy and the whole thing. Interesting. And uh, since we know... Since we know uh, about Galus's like blood sacrifice sacrifice thing, and she believes you know like the person that's necessary, and and but like the baby that was conceived at this time and was brought forward in time, and like for the same reasons why she went after Bree, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder: is she gonna use Jemmy for that same Ooh. purpose? Right, so. Um. Yeah. So I think that's what's going to end up happening. That will. I think that will help drive a lot of the Roger Bree story, uh, for the remainder. Uh, well, at least the first half of the next season. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought. Very about that. very that interesting. That is my outlandish. Okay, theory. let's leave the future. Well, Mary, what do right. I get out of that? Oh, I do got. I, I already, I, oh, I already gave you two interesting. But I'm oh, going to give sorry. you another interesting. Story. Oh, sorry. Wrong one. Wrong one. This. Mock me. <laughs> very interesting. Okay. Good. All right, so now we're going to go back to the past, heading on over to Saratoga. We talked about the spectacles and how just stinking cute it was and how well acted that was and Jamie's long goodbye. But let's hang a moment with Wee William. Yeah, this I think is a masterclass in making you care about somebody. Mm-hmm. And that is his buddy. Yes. Uh, so whether, we went from times when you did not care about William. A lot of people did not feel like they cared about William. And we got to care about two characters, Buck and William, in this episode so significantly. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say I care about William so much. but You I just care- said this was a master class. Well, no, no, no. I care. said it was okay. a master class in making you care about people okay. that like are tangential. Yes. Right? The, the, the whole, the purpose for any drama is mm-hmm. to have relationships right and whether or not you like william whether or not you believe whatever about him mm-hmm. you can i think as a viewer relate to the fact that he does have a, a friendly relationship with this guy with sandy with yeah with sandy not candy um <laughs> and giving sandy these fun little traits of mm-hmm. like oh who, who, what girl are you interested in yeah uh and then the stealing the the booze. Yep. Uh, and then talking about how he's going to cook his turkey, and he was so yes. nice to Claire in the previous episode. Like the whole horse scene. I would uh, not eat an apple sliced by a sword that falls on the ground that horses could have just pooped on. Got to tell you, <laughs> that's true. Not for me. And, but then he ends up giving the apple to the horse anyway. Yeah, like probably because he was like, "This is near your poop." So all of this stuff is a perfect example of what to do when you need some sort of investment Mm -hmm. in a relationship to help you bridge the gap for the character that you actually care about or you should at least actually care Mm -hmm. about and that is William right because so far William to me has been somewhat unrelatable like like he's just stiff yeah but when he sees Sandy die and you see all the things and then he has uh, again probably by a sharpshooter that that follow up conversation with General Fraser 
And he says, now you're a changed man. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, okay, I can kind of get on board with William. Now you see what I mean? I totally do. Yeah. Totally so do. So what was your thoughts about the whole thing? Uh, same thing. I think it was a really fun way to spend time with him as he's heading off to his first major battle as we got to have that with Jamie. We got to have that whether it was Culloden or Preston Pans, you know, spent so much time really kind of figuring things out. Whereas this battle was quick. It it wasn't like super well thought out. We didn't get to have like loads of discussion in this way, that way. No, it was like, let's hurry up and do this. Yeah. Ian catches the deserter. You know, Jamie and everybody have to hurry up and let's go. And even for William, his turn was quick too. So he wasn't part of that whole meeting planning stuff. So even though the, the buildup that we would have in previous battles in Outlander was very different, mm-hmm. I liked it because it played on William's immaturity and him willing to, pr- you know, being interested in proving himself and yeah. seeing what he can do and yet also being a fish out of water. Having his friend shot right before him and you keep seeing him turning and people are dropping like flies being shot as well and that really throwing him off and him having you know this absolute shock envelop him envelop him yeah until um you know he's being told okay lord eldsmere like to your men let's let's giddy up let's yeah. do this and when you do see him unsheathe his sword run on out there it felt so much like jamie when he would run yeah. out into battle with his men as well so brave and just full of fuel and i loved seeing that i really think that the actor has done a fantastic job in studying both lord john gray and jamie so that yes. he can pull out the aspects of those characters in different moments um I agree with you. I think their whole banter about uh, who, <laughs> you know, who um, who is the better, the Baroness and Miss Lynn, like the just taunting about the adultery, yeah. you know, the mistress going on, and um, I, I I loved it. I I agreed. really thought that the whole thing. Even though I thought that the sword swipe was a little wonky. Um, but that's a young boy just trying to like do something fancy. It reminded yeah. me of kids, you know, doing tricks on skateboards or any of that kind of stuff. Like it's like, ooh, I've got a weapon and I'm going to do a yeah. little trick. Like it was totally in line for me as well. And I love when he says, I'm no errand boy. I'm a true soldier. And that's what this was about. Like proving himself. I've got the sword. I'm ready. I'm ready yeah, right. to go, guys. Okay, then let's do it. And losing his friend Sandy right in front of his face is what helps flip that switch. And I just thought it was done so beautifully. We got the smattering of blood all next to him. Oh, that was great. And as I said, it's just such chaos that I couldn't help but be searching nonstop for Jamie. Yeah. And when we do get him, of course, he is lying on the ground. Um, How much do you want to bet that shot came from Jamie? How much do we... Do do I... Listen, I'm not saying that this is a full outlandish theory. This is in take development, okay? okay? okay. Totally take development. If Outlander's going to Outlander. Outlander's going to Outlander. My thought is Jamie is out in the woods and he sees good old William there. Yeah, my widow William. And his thought is, I got to get this guy's attention so that he runs away. And he shoots his buddy right next to him with the hope that... He'll duck down. He'll duck down. He'll he'll he'll, he'll, he'll run away. Whatever. Mm-hmm. How much do we all want to put in the, in in the little kitty here that it was Jamie who'd made that shot? You can you can put it in the kitty if you like in his brand new cute uniform. <laughs> after giving a little present, after pulling a little Lord John Gray and bringing a twelve point Caslon book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he knows his print. He sure. knows it. Of course. I uh, that'd be very interesting, my love. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing that out there. I'm throwing that out there. Um, I do want to note that the music in this piece and this episode is really interesting, especially when Jamie and Claire are saying their goodbyes. They have their theme, but it is played with a much lower flute, like a very deeper, a bigger, more bass flute. And then it goes into the bagpipes, but it turns into a minor key. Mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting take on the Jamie and Claire theme. Just go back to that scene and listen to it through the musicality of it. I just thought that that Bear made a very interesting and poignant choice um, with that. But yeah, I loved loved the battle. As I said, quick, furious, but that's the way that battle was. And we're, of course, seeing it from little non-Aaron boy Williams point of view. So I do think that we're going to be able to see some of Jamie's perspective. I think that yeah. we're not just going to be left with just this, but we, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the mid-season I don't think finale. we're going to be left with it. I think it would, be, it would do us a disservice as a viewing audience to not see Jamie's point yeah. of view. Did you want champagne after this episode? Holy smokes, those guys oh, are drinking know, a ton right? of it. <laughs> um, I think I think the show, and this is kind of what I wanted to get into the whole history lesson of of gentleman Johnny Burgoyne. Which you can, but I, I'm not going to because we're already not, at a, not an now. hour sixteen. No. Yeah. Um, I think the show leaned pretty heavily into the widely accepted version of Johnny Burgoyne, and that is kind of a. Uh, in a not aloof, but just the kind of person that is overconfident and cared more about the things like champagne and having these big, um, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Displays of food and having these hutches carried. Like, like it, he's he's named Gentleman Johnny for going for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's it is what it is. So I think the show did it the the caricature well. I think the history of it is starting to paint a little bit of a different picture. Okay, um, and we can get into that in a little bit. But I will say this: the confidence shown by Johnny Burgoyne in Saratoga after that first battle is very much true. Uh, and I don't care about like what's true, what's not true, but I like the fact that they did show the com- the overconfidence because what the show doesn't tell you is that Burgoyne had a plan, and the plan was getting into Saratoga, doing this whole thing, and then having other parts of the British Army go down with him, uh, and then using that as a force to separate the rest of the colonies, right? To separate the colonies in half. Um, The show also kind of does get into this, but it doesn't say it out loud, which is the reason why they end up losing at Saratoga isn't necessarily because of Burgoyne, but because the British screwed up their communications and they, one half of the army or one third of the army was sent down to Philadelphia. Another third of the army was sent down somewhere else. And then Burgoyne was basically left to his own devices. Uh, and that's why they ended up losing. Awesome. Well, we will definitely have a mini history episode from you coming on up so you can. Yes. But so I guess what I'm saying is I liked how they portrayed him. Yeah. And I liked the overconfidence that was shown. And it, it ties to me all the way back to the relationship that is shared between General Fraser Simon Fraser mm-hmm. and William, because Fraser is smart enough to look at this and say, if this guy thinks that we won this battle, he is on friggin' Pluto mm-hmm. because we 
barely like we're basically. But I'm going to cheers to him anyway with yep. our little champagne, right? And, and we're going to we're all it different out. for it. And you, William, now are a different person too. So right. so let's I just keep I love that. I loved, 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 loved that scene. Yay. That's why I played it here at the beginning of awesome. our episode. So so that's that. Great. All right, Marvin, you ready to close this bad boy out? Got anything else you want to say about it? I could. Can I just say that I love little Jemmy? We Jemmy, his accent. I'm just here for it. That kid could talk all the time. What do you mean? I just love. I just love the kid. I think the kid actor is amazing. Oh, we little Jemmy. I got you. I love his accent. That's all I have to say. I just have to throw it in. It's not really like fitting in the regular conversation. Hey, how about how about Mandy? Right. uh, he's not here. My he's head. not here. The stones like, were screaming like, uh, holy smokes. Dude, just like weird kid things. I feel like Mandy like is more movies. weird kid thing. Oh, you mean? Made oh, of yeah. That stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's not here. Like, okay, kid. You're weird. He's just like, it's their connection. Not like, yeah. oh, our kids are still weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. Well, I got a surprise for you. You got anything okay. else? No. Okay, here we go. How could you not play this? I mean, there's many people who would ask you not to because now it's ruined for them. Don't care. And a lot of people who are like, bring it on. I want to relive this moment every single day of my life. And there's other people like me. All time great song. appreciate Phil Collins. Listen, if I can't can't play Europe and I I can't play the final countdown for this episode, Mm -hmm. I'm going to play me some Phil Collins. I'm here for it, Blake. You know, Mary, we didn't actually discuss this. And I gotta ask you. Yeah. Does this episode give us enough momentum for next episode? Well, it's not technically a season finale. I know, so but, yes. but 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 yes, I do. I think for it to be like a faux finale. Oh, that's what I'm gonna call it—the faux finale, because it's a really finale. a faux finale. <laughs> I think it gives us more than enough momentum. As we go into the faux finale, I think so. I uh, I think it it achieved. It's a beautiful what it needed to achieve. Agreed. Um, a so, faux yeah. penultimate. A, a, a faux ultimate. Yes. <laughs> a faux ultimate <laughs> for, for the a faux finale. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, watch us as we record this uh, on the on the video, as well as listen to us on the podcast app of your choice. Of course. As a reminder, Stitcher is going away. Uh, so if you Farewell, listen to us Stitcher. on Stitcher, just know that it ain't going to be happening anymore real you need soon. To pivot. So our suggestion is if you are an Apple user, please go to Apple Podcasts. And if you are a Android user, first of all, what are you doing? Stop. There's Second of, of all, uh, you should be going to Spotify. Uh, to listen to us there. So that is that. And of course, we also want you to go to jointhenerdclan.com where that is our special community. And I'm thinking if you are a Star if you're a Star Trek uh, uh, Strange New Worlds uh, fan, I'm thinking about doing some knee-jerk reactions there we'll over see. at jointhenerdclan.com. I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. Throw one out there. Maybe yes. Maybe no. I don't know. 
Friends who have Apple Podcasts, thank you so much for those of you who have written a review. Uh, if you haven't yet, please head on over. Don't just give us the stars. Make sure you write a sentence or two. Blake and I read each and every single one. We want to thank Have No Doubt, who put interesting, really though, a fun podcast with so much humor and insight to Outlander. I love that Blake adds so much depth to the podcast with his historical knowledge and filming details and insights. It adds to the very fun and easy to connect Mary and her lighthearted takes and connecting the books to the show while keeping it spoiler-free and dot, dot, dot. Interesting. <laughs> thank you, and thank you, everyone else, who's taking the time to write. On that note, my name's Mary. Oh no, we gotta oh. we gotta let the drums hit. Oh, sorry. Wait, you, you can't you can't play this song and not let the drums hit. All right. There it is. Hold on. No, not yet. Sorry. It's all good. I, I made a mistake. I messed it up. It's okay, Blake. I, I forgive you. Here it is. Here it comes. Okay. I'll. I'll, I'll wait. My name's Mary. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to Atlanta.